on Ephesians 5, I think. You are. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just pray that you bless Jean. Thank you that, I know, we've seen so much of her sort of growing in confidence and growing in confidence in you over the last, I don't know about the same period, probably three years or so. And, uh, and her confidence to stand up and speak out your word. I just thank you for her and her sensitivity to who you are and what you're saying. And I pray that as she speaks that out today, you bless us and encourage and strengthen her. Thank you, Father. Amen. Is this... I'm on. I'm on, yeah? Okay. Good morning, everybody. There's a lot more of you than there was at, well, ten past ten. It's quite reassuring. (laughs) Um, Or scary. Not sure. One of the two. Um, Okay. Excuse me, shuffling. We are on Ephesians 5. So if you have your Bibles, grab them. If you've got it on your app, grab your app. Um, If you don't want to, that's absolutely fine. I'm going to read from the NIV because that's what I'm used to. Um, I'll just read through the whole chapter and then I can't speak about the whole chapter because you'll be here till Wednesday probably. Um, So you'll be pleased that I'm mainly focusing on one of the verses and um, taking it from there. Okay, so Paul's writing from prison to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it's the light that makes everything visible. That's why it's said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. 
For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okie dokie. Stick that there. Right. Haven't got a pocket, so if if the if this little box thing falls off the stand, I'm really sorry. <laughs> Just say sorry before it happens. Okay. The key verse that I wanted to pick out, one of the key verses really, because it's not just the one really, I I lied. Verse 8, I looked at it in a different translation. Because every time I read through the passage, this was the verse that really jumped out to me. Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. And uh, it got me thinking about light and darkness. And um, I grew up in the church and we used to sing a little hymn. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. We used to sing, Jesus bids us shine with a, cure, uh, no, with a pure, clear light, like a little candle burning in the night. Anybody remember that? Do you want to come sing it, Nigel? <laughs> it sort of ends up with, you in your small corner and I in mine. So I used to have a picture of this huge amount of darkness and me with this tiny little candle. And, and I don't think I felt particularly reassured by that. I just thought, oh, it's a bit naff, isn't it, really? All this darkness. I, I didn't get it, really. Um, and then, of course, we've got the other song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine. You do know that one, don't you? Shall we sing it? Just a little bit, just as a warm-up, yeah. Okay, then. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Ooh. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Oh, you should be in a choir. You're amazing. Bravo. <laughs> um, again, I love the song. It's great. But little light, I still thought, oh, just picture the little candle, this huge, vast amount of darkness, and thinking, uh, a bit enough. But what I read in, in this verse that Paul's right into the Ephesians is a big light. It's not a little light. And already I feel very ministered to today, and um, what Ian shared about, you know, that safe place, um, what Phoebe shared about reaching out to that lady, that, you know, it's about what we carry. It's not a little flickering candle. I have to argue with the person who wrote that song one day. 
So basically, I think, you know, what Paul is emphasizing is once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you. Jesus didn't have a little candle. He had the full works. We have the full works. We've been switched. So if you want to write a point down, no worries if you don't. We've switched kingdoms. We've gone from darkness into light. And that's an extreme, massive, humongous light. Okay. If we declare Jesus as our Lord, that is the truth. We have switched kingdoms. Through the cleansing death of Jesus, he's transferred us from darkness into light. Um, I can't remember how long ago it was, but we, you remember we had the football team needing a rescue in Thailand and they'd got themselves stuck in a flooded cave. And I was trying to picture what it was like for them and how stranded they must have felt, how alone, how in danger they must have felt. And took a group of guys, divers, to assess the situation and plan a rescue mission for these guys. Each one of them was saved. And actually, one of the divers, as you will remember, um, lost his life during that rescue mission. Does that remind you of anybody? It's a different kingdom with a different focus. Darkness, I don't know if any children over there are listening, but if they are, that's great. Um, anybody afraid of the dark over there? My Ori is. Okay. I used to be as well. Um, but since I've become quite old, I'm more relaxed in the dark. Trouble is, I went on holiday, and Reuben and I were sharing an apartment uh, as part of a house show with my sister. And I was fairly confident of the layout of the room. And uh, necessary, three o'clock visit to the bathroom, no problem. <laughs> Don't need to wake Reuben up, do I? <laughs> Don't need to switch on a light. I mean, that would be silly. Um, I caught my foot in the foot of the bed and promptly landed. Don't quite know what I landed on, but I bruised the inside of both of my legs. And I thought, oh my, what? I'm really old. I've actually had a fall. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, 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 and then I fell again. I didn't get my footing right. And I whacked my rib on this sticking out bar of the bed. And I thought I'd broken my rib. And actually, this was three weeks ago. I can actually still feel the bruise. Um, yes, poor old me. Um, and then, then I walked into the wardrobe. <laughs> I was totally disorientated. And uh, thankfully, I didn't shout or scream. And Reuben slept through the whole thing. And I kind of tiptoed my way to the bathroom, and I went, wow, Jesus, that's, that was eventful, wasn't it? And, um, and I just felt like he said, yeah, but it'd be a great point for your talk. It's dark and light. You could have put the torch on, couldn't you? So, um, and then, funnily enough, there was a torch by my bed. Dear, crazy. Um, the dark can be a very dangerous place. I think that's why we're scared of it. We don't know. We don't know what's going what's to happen. I didn't know, really, where I was putting my feet. Um, I learnt my lesson. The next evening, I used the torch. Um, so today, let's think about, now that we're in this kingdom of light, what are we focused on? What are we thinking about? Where do we, what do we dwell on? Verses 9 and 10 says that we need to live as children of light and find out what pleases the Lord. 
and never forget that we have gone from darkness to light through what Jesus did on the cross. So Paul says in verses 11 to 14, pretty much, next point this is, stay away from darkness, i.e. stay away from sin. Have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it's light that makes everything visible. Note to south, middle of the night. So don't partner with darkness. Instead, use that light to transform the darkness. Um, I'm reading a, a book about prayer evangelism at the moment. I haven't got very far, by a guy called Ed Silvoso. And he says, darkness can only prosper with the absence of light. So on the one hand, we've got to stay away from sin and darkness. But there's still a job to do with the darkness. We've got to shine, like Phoebe was saying, like Ian was saying. Um, in 1 John 1, 5-7, John writes, God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, but are walking in darkness, we lie, and we don't live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So remember the danger sign here that Paul's putting out. He's giving us a very clear warning. Have nothing to do with darkness. The danger, therefore, is that we do, if we do partner with darkness, with sin, we give room for the devil in our lives. I'm also reading an amazing little book by Dorna De Silva, our Sozo lady, guy, lady, lady who invented Sozo. Um, and there's just things for every day in here. Um, and this one particularly stood out for me because it fits so well with, with what Paul's saying here. She says, spiritual attacks are direct assaults from the demonic realm that gain influence when we practice or tolerate sin. Both the Bible and the Holy Spirit guide us on a righteous path. Without them, we can more easily fall into sin, which creates open doors that give the demonic access to our lives. If we tolerate darkness through tolerance of sin, we leave ourselves vulnerable to satanic assault. For wherever there is a willful disobedience to the word of God, there is spiritual darkness and the potential for demonic activity. Jesus warns of what happens when we practice sin. In John 8, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. As people partner with sin more and more, ungodly atmospheres develop. Soon, entire cities become spiritual cesspools of darkness. Grounding ourselves in scripture allows us to hear the Holy Spirit's voice and stop the spread of wickedness. However, the Lord prompts you, be sure to follow him. He's the king of kings and knows how best to reverse any demonic advancement. Well, that might sound super scary, but it's, it's a warning. Yeah, um, not to give the enemy of our soul any room for manoeuvre in our lives. Back to the Bible, one moment. Verses 15 to 18 of chapter 5. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. 
Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Are there, just to think about, are there any ways in which we're not staying away from the kingdom of darkness? What sin have we allowed to creep into our lives and set up camp, either in our heads or in our behaviours? What do I spend my time looking at? Jesus said in Matthew 6, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And the last point is that Paul tells us to shine. We need to stay away from darkness, yes, but we have a different role in our new kingdom, and that is to shine. In verses 22 to 33, Paul's focus is on Christ and the church. He likens it to the relationship between the husband and the wife. He writes, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word i.e. his truth, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. We, the church, have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Through Jesus, we've been washed clean, made holy and radiant, so that we can be like a beautiful bride being presented to our groom, Jesus, on our wedding day. I looked up the word radiant in the dictionary. Nothing to do with Greek or anything. Sorry. Um, It says sending out light, shining, glowing brightly, dazzling, beautiful, breathtaking, vivid, even luminous. We're not talking about little candles. We're talking big. It's It's spending time in that truth of how the Father sees us, the truth in his word, that's going to make us shine and house light. I follow a guy called Todd White, um, an evangelist um, from the States. And uh, during one of his sermons, he was talking, I mean, it's a very complicated sentence, it took me a while to write it down, but it's about housing light. He says, the Bible says that you have the capacity to house light, but how you house light is how you see And how you see is how you see him. And how you see him is how you see you. Because as he is, so are we. You're in the world, but you're not of it. You need to house light. I thought that was pretty cool. Although it's a very confusing sentence. (laughs) Going back to the word luminous um, in the definition of radiant, I've thought about the moon. The moon absorbs the sun's light, and it can then be light when it's dark. It only absorbs that light because it's in, um, I'm no geographer, Um, you know, it's in the way of the sun. (laughs) You know what I mean. The sun shines on it. You know, the moon does not hide from the sun. If it did, it'd be useless at night, wouldn't it? So in that context, let's think about how much time we spend just soaking up the light of Jesus through his word, in worship, 
not just on Sundays, but throughout the week, in conversation, in prayer, and being accountable to him and to others. How do you see yourself? Do you see you like Father sees you? And when we're in a situation that is dark, or with someone from that kingdom of darkness who doesn't actually know Jesus, how much light do we radiate? Are people attracted to the light of Jesus in us? Do they notice a difference between us and themselves? I've also been reading, I'm one of these people who read lots of books and never, well, no, I do finish them, but there's lots around the house. And so if you lend me a book, I'm really sorry, it takes a long time for me to get to the end. So I'm reading Paul Manwaring's book, What on Earth is Glory? And we've already talked about glory this morning. In, in that book, Paul writes, the other Paul writes, I think it's time that the church became the greatest, most attractive organization on the planet. And I love that because that is what we are, whether we know it or not. So surely this is the radiant church that Paul's talking about in Ephesians. So to sum up, there's a lot of challenge in this chapter. I know I've dodged the wives and husbands bit, um, but, you know, (laughs) I just really wanted to focus on this. But I think, you know, for those of you who are married or thinking about marriage, there's loads in there for wives and husbands. Um, And I also listened to a a funny little chat um, by an American couple on YouTube who were saying, I won't do an impression of them because they have very broad accents, but they were saying, we've heard a lot about the Proverbs 31 wife. What about the Ephesians 5 man? And um, that was quite good, actually. So so look it up. It's good. I can't remember what it, you know, just Google it. <laughs> um, okay. Um, is it okay if we have the band back up? Are they still here? Oh, they are. That's lovely. Thanks. <laughs> Um, just just for us to ponder and to think about, really, and then I'll hand back to Richard. Are we living in the kingdom of light? Have we truly switched kingdoms? John 8, verse 12 says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Do you know that for yourself this morning? Do you know that you've switched kingdoms? Are you still unsure? Are you staying away? Are we staying away from sin? What are we focusing on? How do we spend our time? Do we know and live in how Jesus sees us? That is a radiant bride and a radiant church so that we can light up this dark world. I've got some declarations. If we could stand, and would you be able to repeat these declarations after me? Ideally, they'd be up here, but they're not. (laughs) So I'll say a bit of it if you say it back. And if you believe it, say it back loud. In Jesus, I am washed clean and filled with his marvelous light. 
I have authority in Jesus to release people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. There is no situation too dark or too hopeless for God's love. I carry God's radiant presence with me everywhere I go.